Welcome to Bible Curious, where we explore the entire Bible from cover to cover, asking ourselves, what is the Holy Bible? What claims does it make about God? And what message does it have for us today? Whether you are faithful or unfaithful, believing, unbelieving, or just plain curious, this series is for you. I'm Arthur Milliken, and today we will be reading Job chapters 14 to 16 from the World English Bible. You can find our reading plan at biblecurious.org forward slash plan. The Book of Job, Chapter 14, Introduction Job sees himself as one unjustly persecuted by God, one whose punishment is completely out of proportion to any wrong he may have committed. Now, Job contemplates the mortality of man, questioning the finality of death. Shouldn't man, after he dies, experience life again, as a tree stump sprouts new growth when given rain to drink? On the other hand, since life is constant warfare, how will we avoid accumulating more sin, which God would seal up like a bag of money to count against us when the heavens and earth finally pass away? Perhaps it would be better to let us remain dead until then. In this chapter, Job acknowledges the finality of death. Chapter 14 Man who is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. He grows up like a flower and is cut down. He also flees like a shadow and doesn't continue. Do you open your eyes on such a one and bring me into judgment with you? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean, not one? Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months is with you, and you have appointed his bounds that he can't pass. Look away from him that he may rest until he accomplishes as a hireling his day. For there is hope. For a tree, if it is cut down, that it will sprout again, that the tender branch of it will not cease. Though its root grows old in the earth and its stalk dies in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and sprout boughs like a plant. But man dies and is laid low. Yes, man gives up the spirit, and where is he? As the waters fail from the sea and the river wastes and dries up, so man lies down and doesn't rise. Until the heavens are no more, they will not awake, nor be roused out of their sleep. Oh, that you would hide me in Sheol, that you would keep me secret until your wrath is past, that you would appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies... Will he live again? I would wait all the days of my warfare until my release should come. You would call and I would answer you. You would have a desire for the work of your hands. But now? You count my steps. Don't you watch over my sin. My disobedience is sealed up in a bag. You fasten up my iniquity. But the mountain falling comes to nothing. The rock is removed out of its place. 
The waters wear the stones. The torrent of it wash away the dust of the earth. So you destroy the hope of man. You forever prevail against him, and he departs. You change his face and send him away. His sons come to honor, and he doesn't know it. They are brought low, but he doesn't perceive it of them. But his flesh on him has pain, and his soul within him mourns. Job delivers an incredibly bleak outlook on life. If we die and live again, we would sin again, making us even more wretched. But if we stay dead, then we will be erased and forgotten as if we had never been. The Book of Job, Chapter 15, Introduction Next, Eliphaz the Temanite offers another rebuttal to Job's complaint, again displaying uncanny insight into Job's private relationship with God. He will then angrily warn Job against wickedness, hoping to scare him straight. In this chapter, Eliphaz answers Job does not fear God. Chapter 15 Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered, Should a wise man answer with vain knowledge and fill himself with the east wind? Should he reason with unprofitable talk or with speeches with which he can do no good? Yes, you do away with fear and hinder devotion before God, for your iniquity teaches your mouth and you choose the language of the crafty. Your own mouth condemns you and not I. Yes, your own lips testify against you. Are you the first man who was born, or were you brought out before the hills? Have you heard the secret counsel of God? Do you limit wisdom to yourself? What do you know that we don't know? What do you understand which is not in us? With us are both the gray-headed and the very-aged men, much older than your father. Are the consolations of God too small for you, even the word that is gentle toward you? Why does your heart carry you away? Why do your eyes flash that you turn your spirit against God, and let such words go out of your mouth. What is man that he should be clean? What is he who is born of woman that he should be righteous? Behold, he puts no trust in his holy ones. Yes, the heavens are not clean in his sight. How much less one who was abominable and corrupt, a man who drinks iniquity like water. I will show you, listen to me, that which I have seen I will declare, which wise men have told by their fathers and have not hidden it, to whom alone the land was given and no stranger passed among them. The wicked man writhes in pain all his days, even the number of years that are laid up for the oppressor. A sound of terrors is in his ears. In prosperity, the destroyer will come on him. 
He doesn't believe that he will return out of darkness. He is waited for by the sword. He wanders abroad for bread, saying, Where is it? He knows that the day of darkness is ready at his hand. Distress and anguish make him afraid. They prevail against him as a king ready to the battle, because he has stretched out his hand against God and behaves himself proudly against the Almighty. He runs at him with a stiff neck and with thick shields of his bucklers, because he has covered his face with his fatness and gathered fat on his thighs. He has lived in desolate cities and houses which no one inhabited, which were ready to become heaps. He will not be rich, neither will his substance continue, neither will their possessions be extended on the earth. He will not depart out of darkness. The flame will dry up his branches. He will go away by the breath of God's mouth. Let him not trust in emptiness, deceiving himself, for emptiness will be his reward. It will be accomplished before his time. His branch will not be green. He will shake off his unripe grape as the vine, and will cast off his flower as the olive tree. For the company of the godless will be barren, and fire will consume the tents of bribery. They conceive mischief and produce iniquity. Their heart prepares deceit. The life of a wicked man is wretched indeed, according to Eliphaz. He will end up barren, ruined, and impoverished, and will likely die a violent death. But Job is not impressed by these warnings, as we will see in the next chapter. The Book of Job, Chapter 16, Introduction In this chapter, Job repeats his original complaint against his friends, that they should be offering words of sympathy rather than condemnation. Job continues to ignore the hope they offer if Job would only repent. Why should Job repent if he is blameless? Job wants to be remembered as one who, though righteous, still suffers at the hands of an angry God. He knows he will be vindicated by a heavenly witness who will vouch for his righteousness. Who might this heavenly witness be if not God himself? In this chapter, Job answers, Miserable comforters are you. Chapter 16 Then Job answered, I have heard many such things. You are all miserable comforters. Shall vain words have an end, or what provokes you that you answer? I also could speak as you do. If your soul were in my soul's place, I could join words together against you and shake my head at you, but I would strengthen you with my mouth. The solace of my lips would relieve you. Though I speak, my grief is not subsided. Though I forbear, what am I eased? But now, God, you have surely worn me out. You have made all my company desolate. You have shriveled me up. This is a witness against me. 
My leanness rises up against me. It testifies to my face. He has torn me in his wrath and persecuted me. He has gnashed on me with his teeth. My adversary sharpens his eyes on me. They have gaped on me with their mouth. They have struck me on the cheek reproachfully. They gather themselves together against me. God delivers me to the ungodly and casts me into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease and he broke me apart. Yes, he has taken me by the neck and dashed me to pieces. He has also set me up for his target. His archers surround me. He splits my kidneys apart and does not spare. He bores out my bile on the ground. He breaks me with breach on breach. He runs at me like a giant. I have sewed sackcloth on my skin and have thrust my horn in the dust. My face is red with weeping. Deep darkness is on my eyelids. Although there is no violence in my hands and my prayer is pure. Earth, don't cover my blood. Let my cry have no place to rest. Even now, behold, my witness is in heaven. He who vouches for me is on high. My friends scoff at me. My eyes pour out tears to God. That he would maintain the right of a man with God, of a son of man with his neighbor. For when a few years have come, I will go the way of no return. Job is aware that he is being tested. Even as Job blames God for his misfortunes, he also insists that God is a witness to his righteousness. But this knowledge is not enough to clear his name before his fellow men, who continue to interpret Job's suffering as evidence of his guilt. What Job wants from God is someone an anointed ruler who can mediate this relationship with God so that people can love one another instead of judging each other. Even now, behold, my witness is in heaven. He who vouches for me is on high. My friends scoff at me. My eyes pour out tears to God that he would maintain the right of a man with God, of a son of man with his neighbor. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this book of ancient wisdom. Your servant, Joe, asks the difficult questions. And they are questions we still ask today. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do you allow us to experience pain and suffering throughout our short lives? I know that you are not afraid of these questions. And that even if we don't have answers which completely satisfy us, we know we have a solution in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. If you've satisfied any of your Bible curiosity, please rate this series. If you have feedback, write a review. And if you are still curious for more, please subscribe. 
so that we can send you timely updates. And join us for our next episode, where we will be reading Job chapters 17 through 20, My Redeemer Lives. Indeed he does. This is Arthur Milliken saying good night and God.